Alright, what's up guys? It is late Thursday night. We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Before we get into the action, gotta talk about my friends Mike and Virginia Chevalier. Not only are they diehard Broncos fans, but they're proud CSU alums who have been supporting DNBR as lifetime members for quite some time. What's really cool about Mike and Virginia is that they're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. Now, if you're like me, if you're wondering, hey, are the rates really as good as we're hearing? You gotta call them. You gotta call them right now because the rates are absolutely incredible. Mike and Virginia, they make the refinancing process so simple. They can help you save hundreds of dollars a month maybe even thousands of dollars over the course of a loan when it comes to interest. Look, who doesn't want to save thousands of dollars? And you know, at the end of the day, refinancing, it's not for everyone. So Mike and Virginia, they're going to run a quick analysis and honestly let you know whether refinancing might be right for you. Visit dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, Get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Or you can call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472 to get set up with a consultation with one of the best in the business. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. All righty then. Let's... uh. Let's let's just jump right into it because there's not you can't really sugarcoat the way that CSU got beaten down by Boise State Thursday night. It was just an instance of one program completely dominating the other from from start to finish. It was a total ass whooping. It was it was tough. <laughs> I've I've never in my life seen a team get three kicks blocked in the same game, let alone have all three of them returned for touchdowns. I mean, Jesus, guys. Like, I I try not to be too reactionary on Twitter. That's one thing that I've gotten better on over the years. One, tweeting less during the game. Don't got to tweet every single play that happens. The other thing, though, that I've gotten better at is, is not getting too overreactionary in the moment because... You know, one of the things that I've that I've learned, especially writing about games and, and everything, you know, it's you can't really look at plays in a vacuum very frequently. Every now and then you can like there there's just a decision that's so dumb that you can tell it's going to impact them in the moment. And it, and it does. But as a whole, I, I think you kind of have to watch all four quarters play out and, and see kind of the the flow of things, I guess. And. The reason I bring this up is, to me, the, the most important thing, other than, than fixing the special teams, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit more, um, and you know, kind of what's weird about that situation. The reason that I bring this up, though, is just Todd Santeo, you know, he, he got to play that entire second half. And I think CSU is now in a really, really weird spot when it comes to the quarterback position. I said the same thing after the Fresno State game, as did Kevin Lytle. We felt that the coaches had almost created a quarterback controversy that that didn't need to be there. In some regards, I kind of feel like they maybe fanned those flames a little bit after seemingly solving it against Wyoming. I just, I don't really understand... 
they pulled Patrick after the first half. He wasn't phenomenal, but he definitely wasn't the reason that they were losing. He made some really, really impressive throws. Um, the the deep throw to Dante Wright in particular, very, very impressive. Um, he also hit Dante Wright on on a fourth down on an out route to the sideline that was really legit, really had to put some mustard on it. Um, I thought he showed great composure, all things considered. Boise State was in his face a lot. They weren't really protecting him very well. I definitely didn't have the same type of consistent play from the line that they got in that Wyoming game. He did throw his first interception of the season, and it was on a ball that he just tried to force it. He it was, you know, he was trying to make a play, and it didn't work out. And a blowout, especially, it was it was after they had already given up the three kicks. It happens. But, you know, I just I didn't think that Patty was the reason they were playing poorly. It was nine to twenty for 140 yards. QB rating of 93.8 in that first half. They decide to go to Centeno in the second half. It gives them a spark. They they score 14 points almost immediately. You could tell that it, it kind of put Boise State back on their heels a little bit. The the ability to run, it opened up things for Ajon Vivens. It worked for a little bit. But even Adazio admitted, you know, he he wanted to get a spark, he got it, and then it fizzled out, and, and that disappointed him. I I thought it was odd they didn't go back to Patrick after those first two series. Look, yeah, maybe it makes sense to keep Santeo at that point because he scored two touchdown drives. But, you know, at the same time, that, that second one was greatly influenced by field position. They recovered the fumble and that set him up. And I'm, and I'm not trying to dismiss what Santeo did, but I think everybody could kind of see, you know, once once Boise State adjusted, it was kind of much more of this, the same that we saw in that Fresno State game. You know, once once they figure out what you're doing, it, it doesn't really work. And that's why I, I do like what, what Santeo brings to the table. And, and I think he was a nice addition to the program. I just think the offense, especially with what you have at receiver, with what you have at tight end, you need a guy that can stretch the field vertically. Maybe they were they were just worried about pass pro. I mean, Marcus McElroy left the game with an injury, looked like a shoulder injury, never returned. He's their best pass blocker by by far. And and that's actually something that I asked Joey Lynch about earlier this week. You know, is is that kind of the reason that you guys have leaned on him, even though he hasn't been as effective as a runner as some of these other guys? And he's like, Yeah, look, we trust Marcus in pass protection. We trust him as a leader. Those things matter. So, you know, kind of staying along that that same line of thinking, I could see a situation where Adazio is like, look, we're, we're already down 35 points. We're just trying to get out of here. We want to get some more action for Santeo. They said they wanted to get him a series in the first half, and it just didn't work out. So maybe they were planning on playing him no matter what. But in that second half, it just really felt like they were content with you know, taking those 14 points that Santeo put on the board early and then just being like, well, uh, you know, at least we made it respectable. Now let's let's try and get out of here without any more injuries. And honestly, I mean, the likelihood of coming back from 30 plus points is so slim. So you can't, I mean, you can't really fault them for that because, you know, I get it. You know, you don't want to lose anybody else. But I mean, they were in it. They were, When you're down 24, you could have put O'Brien back in the game. You get some stops, you get another quick score. All of a sudden, it's a two-story game. If you're down like 16, you know, it it's possible. It, it is possible to come back at that rate. And I don't know. I, it just felt very conservative down the stretch, I guess. 
Um, and I just, I don't know. Now I'm worried about what you do moving forward. You know, I've seen a lot of comments like, hey, it doesn't really matter what we do with the quarterback position this year. Eligibility doesn't count. So they can both come back next year anyways. I don't think that's a guarantee, guys. <laughs> I really don't. I think you're, that's a, that's a lot of positive thinking at that point. I think it's doubtful they'll both be back. I don't even think it's, you know, it, there's a possibility that neither are back. I mean, that that wouldn't be likely, in my opinion. I, I think Todd will definitely be still in the picture. Patrick, I'm not so sure, man. He's He's been in school quite a while already, guys. He's been around the block. You know, I remember when when the season initially got postponed, Patrick O'Brien posted on his Instagram, he posted a video just kind of reacting, giving his thoughts. And one of the things he talked about was, am I really about to have to come back for another season the following fall? So that was something that, that had been on his mind before. It's a little different now that they're playing, but he was, you know, on the fence when they weren't even going to play this year, let alone the fact that he, he did get to put some, you know, some play on film. I could see a situation where O'Brien potentially, especially, you know, after everything that's kind of happening with the with the quarterback carousel right now, I could see a situation where he just says, screw it, I'm dipping. Adazio wasn't the coach that recruited him in. He certainly, you know, hasn't won him over in the initial part. I'm not trying to put anything out there or, you know, saying Patrick's going to quit on the team or anything like that, but it would just be natural. You know, he came in thinking he would be the guy. It hasn't been that way. If there's a, a chance where he feels like he can maybe get a look at the next level or or grad transfer out, you know, who knows? Who knows? It's just not a guarantee that he'll be back. That's all I'm saying. Really, though, I mean, you can't even really focus on the future too much because you got to figure out what you do down the stretch. You know, one of the things that I posted about from the DNVR Rams Twitter after the game yeah, it sucks that you got your ass kicked by Boise State. That's what no nobody wants to see that happen. But most of your goals are still on the table this year. You didn't get a chance to play CU. So, you know, you can't you can't win that one. Move on. But you beat Wyoming for the first time in five years. You didn't get the win over Boise. Sucks. You got to move on. You can still win all your home games. You can still beat Air Force, which it's been just as long since they beat Air Force as it was for Wyoming. That rivalry isn't quite as historic, but it's still an in-state game, a game with a lot of emotion between the two, two opponents. They're familiar with each other. The fan bases dislike each other. That's a big game. So, you know, you can win all your home games. You can be Air Force. You can reach a bowl game. You could maybe win a bowl game. Been a long seven years since that happened. My long-winded point here, though, is that you got to figure it out, and you got to figure it out quickly because you don't want to lose these quarterbacks, and you don't want to just, you know, punt and focus on development or the future because there is still a lot at stake. There is still plenty to play for this season and the fans should still expect the Rams to compete. So don't don't give up just quite yet. You know, we got hopefully, you know, I know things are getting kind of chaotic with the COVID stuff, but knock on wood, hopefully got about four, you know, go four games left. How do they respond? You know, can't ride the roller coaster. That's what I asked. Adazio about after the win, how do you stay level-headed after such a big win over Wyoming go, going into Boise State? Well, can't get too high, you can't get too low. It's a cliche, and I, I get so tired of hearing it, especially after big wins when you're trying to get that great quote, but it's true. It really is true, especially in, in you know these kind of moments where you're, you're coming off of a, 
a night where you got punched in the gut a little bit, you got embarrassed, maybe your feelings are hurt. Now you got to lick those wounds and you just got to toughen up and move on. It's, it is what it is. You know, sometimes you get your ass kicked. That's sports. All right, cool, cool, cool. Let's let's move on. We're going to talk special teams here in just a second. Uh, but now it seems like a good time to acknowledge our partner at DraftKings Sportsbook. This Sunday will be a Sunday like no other. With this weekend's major golf tournament, along with both professional and collegiate football, there will be no shortage of action. And DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, wants to put you in the center of all of it. If you're unfamiliar with the app, head to the App Store right now. You do not want to miss this. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet they cover you risk-free for bets up to $100 for all new users. This weekend, there's plenty of action to get on. You do not want to miss out. You want to make it rain, baby. That's not all they're offering, though. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings will have special promotions and odds boosts every day of this year's tournament in Augusta, Georgia. That's for all users. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right, you bet they cover you risk-free up to $100 when you use the promo code DNVR during sign-up for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Risk-free coverage, paid out in site credits only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Like I said, we are going to talk special teams in just a second. And that was the worst special teams performance I've ever seen from probably any team ever. So it's it's going to be pretty easy to talk about. But I'm just going to talk about, you know, what you do moving forward and and that kind of stuff. Before we do though, got an awesome weekend coming up, which I just talked about it, and now is a great time to give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week. Unfortunately, due to the Rona, we are not going to have as many college football games this weekend. About half the games in the SEC, a couple Big Ten games, um, I think a Pac-12 game as well, all canceled. Sucks. I hate it. I hate the reality that we're in right now, but that's where we're at. Anyways, so plenty of games to bet on. And uh, one of the ones that really jumps out to me is this Miami-Virginia Tech matchup. Now, this game is in Virginia Tech, historically a very, very difficult place to win ball games. If it was going to be rocking, if they were coming out to enter Sandman in front of a full crowd, I'd, I'd feel a little bit more hesitant. Um, and, and I don't even think Virginia Tech's a bad team, but they're coming off of a deflating loss to Liberty at home. Liberty and uh, Malik Willis, their quarterback, Really just kind of ran all over them. Really exciting um, athletic quarterback prospect. Talked about him on the draft podcast a little bit earlier this week. Go back and check that out. But basically my line of thinking here is that if Virginia Tech struggled with Willis, they're definitely going to struggle with Derek King, who is a better athlete, a better throw of the football, has better talent at the skill positions, and he just plays for a better team. So Miami, they're two and a half point underdogs in this game. You can get the money line at plus 106. I think there's awesome value there. I I already I put money on Miami the minute that I saw that. It hasn't gone down throughout the week, which is surprising to me. Maybe there's something there that I'm missing. But my DraftKings pick of the week, Miami money line 
upsetting Virginia Tech on the road. Lock it in. Make yourself some dough. Before we move on, the other thing that I've got to briefly tell you about, we're doing a contest over here at DNVR. It is a subscription contest, and I'm trying to put those arrogant buffs guys in their place. I don't I don't know if you guys listen every day, but if you do, you know that, you know, I got to deal with RK and Henry and Allie and Harrison and everyone, yada, 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 all these people, bunch of buffs homers, and they're just constantly, you know, little brother this. CSU that, whatever, we all know, you know, there's more CSU alums in the state of Colorado, but it's, 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 it's whatever, it's whatever, you know? (laughs) Anyways, we're doing a subscription contest, and right now, if you sign up for an annual membership with the promo code RAMS, you can get a free t-shirt, free DNVR mask, free sticker pack, all included, not to mention you get access to all of our premium digital content. What does that mean? It means you get all of my CSU articles. It means you can read about the buffs if you want to do that. It means you can read about the Broncos, the Nuggets, the Avalanche, rugby, everything. We've got so much going. You get access to our private Discord, which is only for members. Tons of perks. You get member beers. It's just a great time to be a member. If you sign up before the end of the weekend for an annual membership with the promo code RAMS, you get all of that stuff for free. You can get the Border Wars shirt for free. That's all I'm saying. It's absolute fire. You can stunt on all the homies, especially the ones from Wyoming. Bronze Boot is back where it belongs. Go check all that out. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap it up and talk a little special teams, which, God, guys, I, I have never seen a team play so poorly on special teams. The block kicks, those were awful. They were deflating. They That's the difference in the game. I mean, right there, that is the difference of the game. Steve Adazio, I don't know if this math is actually true. He says that if you block a punt, the, the stats say that you are there, you are then 90% more likely to win the ball game. Well, they blocked two, and they returned both of them for a touchdown and did the same on a field goal. So... Were you know are they two hundred and seventy percent more likely to win? I I don't know, but it definitely puts CSU in a shitty spot. And yeah, you you can't win when that happens. Like it, it's it's that simple. One of the things that came up constantly on Twitter: got to fire the special teams coach. Got to fire the special teams coach. And then uh, my guy Kelly Lyle off the top rope on Twitter pointing out they don't have a special teams coach. That is on Steve Adazio. That's you know one of the duties that he is taken on himself and you know after the game he took all the blame so i i gotta give him credit for that it wasn't a situation where we had to you know ask him you know what went wrong he came out and just blatantly this is what went wrong this is you know we we missed a gap that it sounds like the block field goal bothered him more than anything because a guy just stood up on the line he was just out of position let the guy run right past him and it was just unacceptable and, and he said that. All the fans said that. I tweeted that. We all get it. It's unacceptable. And it's got to improve. How do you improve? I don't know. I don't know if you got to change the personnel there. Got to change what you're doing in practice. I don't know. You got to change something, though. Because that was flat out embarrassing. I mean, the best two special teams plays of the night were both by Trey McBride. And, and that means that it was poor coverage. If Trey McBride is making tackles, he's their last line of defense. He's, he's a blocker for the punter. God, I mean, I asked him about it, that strip play. He's like, yeah, it was an exciting play, but 
It's like the fact that I'm out there having to make plays on special teams just shows, you know, exactly what's going wrong. And and they just they couldn't do anything right, man. It, it even the punts they got off, there were a couple of bad snaps, which are pretty rare for CSU. Um, Stonehouse wasn't his normal accurate self. I'm sure he was shook after, you know, getting a couple of, of punts blocks that that's natural. The return game wasn't as solid. I thought Thomas Panunzio, who had a tremendous game against Wyoming, uh, multiple really big returns. I thought he had a, a couple of poor decisions to bring the ball out. It happens. I'm not going to harp on him too much for that, especially when you're down. Like I saw some people you know, being like, what is this guy doing? He's trying to make a play. That's what he's trying to do. And they're getting their butts kicked. He's trying to you know, create some momentum, create a spark. I get it. That's his job if you're the return man. You know, if you're a, if you're a return guy, you think you can take every kick back. And so I guess I can't, you know, I can't just harp on the dude for trying to make a play when you're getting your butts kicked. But special teams, it's it's got to be better. It's it's pretty rare when you blatantly lose a game because of special teams. But in my opinion, that's that was what happened here so much so that I don't even know how you, you know, truly accurately you know, grade the offense or the defense. There are some things you can look at. Uh, the third down defense, they just got killed on third and long. And that's something that they knew they couldn't do. You know, they, it happened against Fresno State. It was a big reason why they lost. They they got off the field on third and long against Wyoming. It's a big reason they won. It's it's pretty simple. You know, they're, the, the plays were not simple. It's not just, yo, just make a play on third down. It's that simple. I don't know, you know, it seemed like they were only rushing three a lot on third down and long, and the quarterback was able to buy some time. Um, late in the second half, they actually were able to get to him a little bit, but four times in that first half, they were able to convert on third and 13 or longer. And on two of those drives, it ended up being, you know, touchdowns. That's the difference right there. They only had four offensive possessions in the first half. Well, if you allow them to convert on third and 13, third and 16, third and 15, et cetera, they're going to score. It doesn't matter. So they got to figure that stuff out. They've got to get stuff tightened up in the secondary. They were a little thin. I know that, you know, missing Keevan Bailey, but in Marshawn Cameron actually went down, hopefully um, not with anything serious. We'll have to get an update from Adazio on that on Monday, but I don't know, man. The special teams were just, they were awful. And it's so rare that you see, you know, that's the reason that you actually lose a big play or, you know, maybe it's a reason that a team gets back into a game or something, but to blatantly lose because of special teams. Maybe like the, the 2015 CU game where they missed a bunch of kicks, but even so, you know, missed field goals are, are kind of different, a kind of a different deal than just flat out getting kicks blocked. So yikes, that's, that's really the only way to say it. Um, my, my, my point through all this, though, is that don't be too harsh on the offense and defense after this just because they were so shell-shocked. I mean, you're down five possessions at halftime, and Boise only had four offensive possessions in that half. It, you know, mathematically shouldn't even be possible. But that's what happens when, when fluky stuff happens. You get results you've never seen before. I've never seen a game like that. Adazio said he's never seen a game happen like that. And the more I think about it, you just got to be like, well, that sucked. And you just got to try to put it in the rear view because you've got a very, very winnable game coming up against UNLV at home. They've they played everyone tough. They can move the ball through the air. So, And they've got some talent at uh, and on the ground too. So 
you know, if, if CSU doesn't figure stuff out, that could actually potentially be ugly. But you've got a you've got a winnable game against UNLV at home. You got Air Force. You obviously want to do what you can. Hopefully you can get a road win against San Diego State. It would be nice to, you know, at least get one on the season. But if not, it happens. And then we'll see, you know, with Utah State. Like I said, there's with the COVID stuff right now, who knows? Um, who knows how this is all gonna play out, but there's still plenty to play for. We, you know, we've seen plenty of flashes. The defensive line is incredibly stout. Manny Jones and Scott Patchen, probably as good as any one-two duo on a defensive line at the G5 level. I mean, they're they're absolute studs. Trey McBride is going to always be Trey McBride. Dante, absolutely love what we're seeing from Dante Wright. And uh, before we go, and and I'm about to wrap it up here, I do want to credit Joey Lynch in this regard. They are doing everything that they can to get the football to their playmakers. Dante Wright, they you know they're getting him involved with little you know end arounds and sweeps and plays that you would you know maybe not necessarily do if you were worried about him getting hurt. But at the end of the day, you got to get him the football because he's such a dynamic guy. They get him the ball down the field. They're targeting him frequently. Same goes for Trey McBride. That's what you got to see. I would like to see some of these other guys get involved a little bit more. I like that they got Vivens a touchdown. You know, some of these other receivers, Nate Craig Myers, uh, Jaden Walker, all of those guys, you know, figure it out. You got to get some of these other dudes in the mix as well. And that's going to take some of the pressure off of your your main two dudes. But at the end of the day, when you have guys like Dante, when you have guys like Trey that are just, you know, they're a level better than everybody else on the field. You got to do what you can to try and, you know, put the ball in their hands and put yourself in a position to win. Allow your guys to make plays. Joey Lynch is doing that and he's doing a good job. I've I've been impressed in that regard. The red zone offense, still still a work in progress. We've been saying this for three weeks. But until they're able to run the football consistently, I think that's probably going to continue. You know, they've got to get some type of ground game um, when Patrick's under center, too. It can't just be, well, we can only run the ball when we have the RPO ability with Todd. It, you know, they, they've got to be able to be balanced. So plenty to work on, um, plenty to forget at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's Boise is Boise. CSU is still CSU. You know, the climb continues. What else can you say? All right. Yeah. That's, that's about all I got for today. I'm going to rewatch that CSU Boise state game on Friday, get more written content for subscribers. Remember if you subscribe for an annual membership this week with the promo code Rams and get a free shirt mask and sticker pack included. Don't miss out. Thank you to everybody that already bought the border war shirt. Thank you to everybody that tweeted me about it. You know, don't, if you're thinking, oh, is, is Justin going to think that's working? No, that's awesome. It means the world to me that you guys are, are like so willing to be supportive of our company as me, as a, as a content creator. It's, it's amazing. I, I'm constantly just left speechless by you guys. So shout out to the CSU Rams community. I love you. I know it was a tough night. It'll pass. You know, Boise State is Boise State. Still plenty to play for. Stay strong, stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask. Much love.